Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Another great edition of the Renegades. Uh, we are here to hold you down for the next 90 minutes. I'm your host, Marcus the Game Changer, one-third of the illustrious three-man booth. Now, before we get into the proceedings this evening, allow me to say you could have been anywhere in the world, you know, here with us, and we appreciate your patronage. So, before we go on, with no further ado, allow me to introduce the other members of the illustrious three-man booth. To my right. I got my man, D. Wills. Holler at the people. I'm feeling good tonight, man. I feel I feel like it's a it's a special night. It's a special week. 
I just feel good. It's, it's, it's good to be on the air with, you know, with, with my guys. It's like y'all make my day just feel right, and I'm feeling good. Uh, I'm, I'm, feeling like, I'm feeling like the kind of cat that, you know, you get that good feeling, you hit like three in a row. You just, you just, you got the little swag when you, when you run down the court. You got that moxie. You looking at, you look at the people on the sidelines, and you just, you just saying, you know, you don't want no more. I got too much for you. I got clean out, clean out. That's how I feel tonight. All right, all right. You ready for that heat check? That's what that is. You ready to put up that heat check? When the cats start moving like that, you know, an ill-advised shot is coming. The next possession. <laughs> right, he's on fire. <laughs> you know, Cat's been working a real a real efficient game. You know, he's he's taking the right kind of shots. Your teammates are helping him get the ball in the right spots, and he's scoring baskets. And then he hits a couple in a row because everybody kind of figured out how to get him in the sweet spot. And then he take that one where it's like, yeah, no. Right. Coming in for you. That's that heat check shot. That's that heat check where it's like, okay, all right, I get it. That was your heat check. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm digging it, man. I'm digging it. So let me introduce my man, 100 Grand, Phil T. Sports PhD. What's happening, Captain? Anyone can be beat. <laughs> was that for anybody in particular? <laughs> Anybody can be beat. This is true. This is true. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds like a challenge. Right. Sounds like he directed a shot at somebody. That's a subliminal right there. That's a, that's Tupac going, should shot me at the beginning of a, a Don Caluminati album. <laughs> you know, bury that one in the mix. <laughs> How you living, PhD? How you living, man? I'm doing good, man. I I spent exactly 17 minutes putting together my brackets yesterday, and I feel real good about it. I have a few shockers, as always. Um, I've grown a reputation of, of really having a long shot. And yeah. um, I haven't had a lot of success with it, I'll be honest. Um it's been a couple of years since I've had some really success, good success in my brackets, probably 2010. But uh, I got some good picks this year. I'm ready to share. All right. Well, we definitely are going to talk about the NCAA tournament. Um, but before we get into that, we're going to move into a portion of the show we call the intro to let them know. Uh, we got a lot going on. We're, we're making some changes with the format, with the brand. So we're going to get into that right at the beginning of the show. We're going to have a special guest, CEO of Resistance Digital, Larry, is going to join us. So he and Devon are going to go over some things about how we're revamping the RSG brand and moving it forward. Uh, we also got some big events coming up. Um, just, just, just hold on. We're going to get to that in a moment. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about uh, Phil Jackson being uh, – introduced as the uh, new basketball operations president of the New York Knickerbockers. We're going to talk about that. Um, and what can Phil do? What's his motivation? And can he turn this, uh, this team around? Um, then after that, it's going to be all tournament. All tournament. This is basketball Christmas, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. And this is the best time of the year. And we're just going to hunker down and enjoy this. You know, this is like – 
you know, mom's in the kitchen, got the ham in the on the uh in the oven, you know, got got the stuffing, you could smell it in the air, uh you get that warm, fuzzy feeling in your belly, you know, the Christmas lights are going. This is basketball Christmas though. This is a whole different thing. And so now you're just ready to, you're just ready for the prizes. You know, you're just ready for the prize and the prize is Thursday and Friday. This is the best weekend of sport in sports in my opinion. There's yeah. nothing like it. The Super Bowl comes close, but it's not as sustained. It's not a prolonged high. Um, this is a prolonged high that you go on over this first weekend of the tournament because there's just so much action in this wall-to-wall. Um, you know, from, from 11 to 11, there's something going on uh, these, this first weekend, which is just a beautiful thing. So, <laughs> Mark, I'd like to point no out further that uh, – Mark, I'd like to point out that you referred to L-Dog as Larry as if he is on a one-name basis, like Pele, like Nene. <laughs> I did you know, do that. I, did that. <laughs> I mean, you just threw it out there. You know? Well, he is. And Larry he might is. be. And I don't want to put his, I want to put his whole government out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we, be, we, become a, we become a far-reaching brand now, man. I don't want to put my man in a compromised position. <laughs> <laughs> throwing, his up, throwing all his information out there. <laughs> I you know, we all got aliases. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Larry, just one name now, the name, okay? Yeah, you're right, 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 you know, name, name, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you a fool, bro, you a fool. <laughs> So we gonna keep it moving though. With no further ado, I'm gonna have uh, D. Wills, aka Sug Wright. He gonna get into uh, all of the different things. He's remodeling the joint, and uh, he, he's gonna he's gonna go through the blueprint uh, of where this is going. And he's gonna bring in LR to also talk about the uh, Resistance Digital Tournament Challenge uh, that we do annual annually. So uh, D. Wills, the floor is yours, brother. Well, well, first of all, you know the game changer. Uh, you know, Ph.D., we call him, like, the Dr. Dre of the business. He's a hit maker. Uh, you know, Ray, uh, a lot of us just started trying to build this thing and uh, move it uh, in a direction, and uh, we always thought we wanted to do something a little different. Um, and so we're about to have our first live remote March 23rd. Uh, we're going to be at, uh, uh, at uh, uh, On the Rocks in Rockford, Illinois, home of Fred Van Fleet. And we're going to take it live. We're going to have uh, Phil T. He's going to be an eye in the sky on us. We have game change in the house. We already got a confirmation from the hammer. We'll be in the building. And, and obviously, I got L.I. who we'll bring on here in a minute. But uh, we want to thank a lot of good people, um, uh, XL Academics, uh, Frederick County, um, uh, who, have, uh, who are sponsors for this event, as well as uh, On the Rocks, uh, Craig Sockwell, the owner, um, but we're about to take it to a whole new space. We want y'all to share that with us. Uh, we will be marketing it. Um, we're going to be uh, pushing it a little bit, uh, and then we're going to have a DJ in the house. And uh, we got our new a new addition to the to the RSG family, uh, DJ Slick. And I, I was able to talk to him a little bit earlier today, and uh, just kind of get how excited he was uh, about uh, joining the RSB brand. And uh, let's take a few minutes to kind of hear uh, that conversation. With the real sports guys, this is D. Wilson. I'm with our newest member of the RSG crew, uh, DJ Slick, who will be with us on our first live remote. Welcome to the RSG, DJ. 
What's going on? What's going on? Man, this is this is something you and I have been talking about for a while, and uh, so happy that we're able to make this happen and get you get you with us for this first live remote. This is kind of historical kind of moment for uh, folks, the real sports guys. What, what can the people expect from DJ Slick? Well, you can expect a lot. Um, I'm always into my hip hop, old school. I'm an old school guy. I grew up with the old school hip hop. Um, you'll expect a lot of uh, good talk. I'm always in love with talking music and sports, so expect a lot of things from me, man. I'm, I love, I'm a good talker. So, it was great about it is what I love about you is that you are a person who loves sports and uh, uh, loves uh, uh, loves to uh, talk sports as well, and that's why it's a great marriage. Uh, what are some of your favorite teams uh, in terms of uh, you know basketball, college basketball, football? What are some of the teams that you that you love? Oh man, I'm a shy town guy, man. I love my shot, Chicago Bulls. Since day one, since the MJ era, um, the love of my team so far this year came out of nowhere. Big surprise, Joaquin Noah, you know, leading leading the team to the promised land. Hopefully this year we go farther than we thought we would. Um, baseball, I mean, I'm a I'm a Cubs fan, so I'm, I'm hurting just to say that right now. But uh, <laughs> Chicago Cubs fan till I die, you know, wearing those wearing those pinstripe blue, you know what I'm saying. Um, and then, obviously, in Chicago for football, you got to go for the Bears. Um, big um, big off-season they're doing right now, man. Uh, a lot of free agents uh, letting go, bringing in. Um, hopefully this year they don't, we don't have another disappointment year. Well, man, we, we, uh, we, 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 we uh, love that you're going to be on with us Sunday night, helping us work our way through our first uh, live event. Um, when they say old school, you said the kind of music this cat will – have you jumping out your seat. Uh, he is uh, incredible. Uh, he's known, particularly throughout the Rockford area, uh, home of Fred Van Fleet. Uh, you, 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 the people hear a lot of energy around Fred. Uh, you know, there's a lot of buzz in the street, huh, in Rockford. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, I, I've been doing this for a long time, um, long, long time, since I was 13. So I, I've been putting my name out there for a long, for a while, um, I just started doing the bar scene. Um, shout out to RBI, Onyx and District, um, Andy Rio for bringing me in and getting my name out there even more. So definitely, you know, do my thing out there. Well, we, we all love Andy. Andy. Andy's like the Don, right, for making it happen. <laughs> and so we, oh, we yeah, got a lot definitely. of love for we, we We sure we will be hitting Onyx or RBI District probably live here in the, in the next year. So we know that's going to be that's going to be something that's on the books and everything else. Well, we want to thank you, brother. We're glad that you are with us. We're glad you're part of the RSG movement. Uh, everybody got to join the movement. Check out DJ Slick. We're going to have more about him. We'll be playing his beats. We'll be playing a lot of stuff going on. He'll be the guy that you got to get to know. Hey, man, thank you for uh, for being on with me, man, and uh, I look forward to uh, the, the energy that we're going to create Sunday night. Definitely, man. Thanks for having me, bro. All right, y'all. DJ Slick. So we got a little bit coming in that was uh, DJ Slick earlier in the year. You listen to Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com. So we're trying to push the envelope. You know, we got, we got the game changer. He kind of like, he's got a little Snoop vibe to him. We got PhD. He's got, he's got that Dre. He's the guy behind the scenes. Your beat just don't come out to us the right way. Uh, and then we got this cat. LR is like that cat behind the scene that just kind of uh, – uh, if he got to tighten somebody up, he's going to tighten them up. And, uh, he's, he's a RZA. He's a RZA. He's a RZA. He, he's, been, he's been keeping it going. 
And so we're gonna be doing it. We're gonna be the remote live, and we're gonna be powered by Resistance Digital. You know, he, he likes. Yeah, he like. He'll play that old funky beat like RZA. He'll, he'll bring some other crazy stuff in there. But the other thing he's doing, he's helping us take this whole real sports guys uh, challenge, the Resistance Digital challenge, to another level. We're we're uh, we're taking that to another level. We want him here tonight to uh, talk about where we're going in the next stage of this and what he's got up his sleeve. So. Uh, Eli, welcome to the show tonight. Let's let's let the fellas know and the, the people know what, what's going on with the the Resistance Digital uh, uh, Real Sports Guys uh, Turning Challenge this year. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Um, this year in the Resistance Digital RSG Tournament Challenge, we have decided to move to our own personal venue, where we're no longer tied to CBS Sports. Um, in our bracket pool. Now, while we are going to ask people to set up their logins and make their picks on our own branded website for the tournament challenge, nothing else is going to change. And you know, if I'm doing a tournament challenge, I'm going to come with it with the prizes. So without further ado, let me put them on out there. To get yes. y'all, you know, to get you properly motivated, as they, as yeah. Darth Vader say, maybe I'll get you properly motivated. <laughs> now, like I said, I already shot shot out on Facebook, so y'all got to bring it. So if you want these prizes, you got to come get them. So for the third place winner, and I know Game Changer probably gonna be digging on this because he was digging on it last year, but this is gonna be the third place prize. I'm giving out an I Love soundbar that has an integrated iPhone dock. Second prize. That, that, that's hot. Yeah, that's, that's going to be hot. I, I like that, too. That's I mean, yeah. I ain't a, I ain't a, I'm not an iPhone fan, but I know people got them, and when you got a, a sound bar <laughs> that you can just pop your phone in or you can pop your iPod in and instantly stream music on a loudspeaker, you know, that's the way to go. So that's, that's a pretty print third-place prize. I like it. Uh, second place, I'm going to go with a 7-inch Android tablet PC. Now, everybody know that the tablets are the way to go for ultra portability and the most access to the, 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 access to the most free applications via the Google Play Store. Um, there's nothing like Android when it comes to free apps. I, I'm sorry, I am a bit biased, but that's an awesome prize as well. Um, and first place, we're we going to come with it. So there's nothing like getting a nice, fresh screen in your house. So I'm going to put up yes. a 32-inch 1080p HDTV <laughs> from Samsung for the number one of this year's bracket. So I want to see who's going to come with it or who's going to have to go walk at home with nothing. Let's get it on. That, that means y'all got to step up and get beat down. Right. That means you got to step up because Phil, Phil T. already said he got a sleeper. Now, uh, he's been struggling in recent years, and we had to hold it down <laughs> for him. So every <laughs> opportunity tonight, you know, what I mentioned earlier, yeah, I've had a tough couple of stretches, uh, years, dividing the background. Yes, yes, you have. <laughs> Agreed. Affirmative. <laughs> Man, we've been, we've been holding it down. It's like we've been, we've been dragging to the finish line these last couple years. 
my God. You're so brilliant in fantasy. I just it just don't it don't it don't translate like it should. I, I think you can tell it off. Like we can't teach you in fantasy. You do this, you come up with something like, you know, you gonna come up with Stephen F. Austin is gonna be in the final four and then we like, What? You know, then we well, know just like Dave Dave Chase and L R like we gotta hold it down now. We gotta hold it well, down. Well they are gonna be they are gonna be V C U in the first round though. I will I'll give I will give you that tidbit. Oh my goodness. Oh. We got the Rams going down in round one. Mm. That ain't happening. <laughs> we will see. Wow. Well, LR, man, we we you and I have been in the lab working, trying to get it going, and uh, I'm feeling good about this week. We got a lot going. We set it to get it this year. We're going to push it. Uh, to another level. Uh, I'm excited for this week. Uh, I'm excited about where it's going to go. And, uh, you know, gentlemen, it's been good having this this ride with y'all. Hopefully just keep it keep it pushing. Y'all got to join the movement now. Go to realsportsguysturney.com, realsportsguysturney.com. When that, what's the big prize again, L.I.? It's going to be a 32-inch Samsung full HD TV brought to you by Resistance Digital Solutions. I got a spot hey. on my wall. Can I hey, hey, <laughs> hey, 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 that's how we're rolling because, you know, I, I can't be giving out no weak prizes, so we the experts. And if you can beat us, then that's saying something. Well, we're feeling good about it, y'all. Um, thank you, L.I., for uh, uh, spending time with us. And, uh, you know, uh, tell folks where they can catch you, man. Tell them where they can get you. Tell them how they can, they can learn more about what you offer. Well, you can definitely check out my website at www.resistancedigital.com, or you can email me personally at Larry at resistancedigital.com. I get right back to you, and um, just seek me out for any of your technology needs. Well, brother, uh, so he I is on a first-name basis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, was, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was just thinking that. I was like, <laughs> I was right. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah. hey, hey, I, I'm not trying to be all, you know, up in a suit, you know, trying to talk to you. You know, this family, so even even if I don't know you, I treat you like family, and I, I'm not trying to steer you the wrong way when it comes to your tech needs. So you call me or email me, and I help you get your tech game on. That's what we're talking about. That's how we're doing it. Every year we're trying to raise it up a little bit. We're trying to take it to the other level. You know, Larry, I know you. I know you took time away uh, to be on tonight, man. Thank you very much. And uh, y'all gonna hear more about this uh, as we move forward. Again, get on there, realsportsguysturney.com. Get your stuff in. Get that 32 inch. You know, you got game changers to go up against. You got Larry to go up against. You got Phil to go up against. You got Re- we bring it. We might take one, two, three, four, and five. So if you got it, bring it. <laughs> If you don't, uh, we all going to be watching this TV uh, uh, somewhere in my house if we win it. <laughs> right. I'm going to get back to changer. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and hit it off like this. You listen to Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSG, Renegade Radio, brought to you by Resistance Digital. We're about to hit you off with the funky editorial, a little something like this. Fellas, only one thing we need to say. Shall we say it, y'all? Melvin, Jimmy, Coleman, Ryan, say it. Everybody want to get funky one more time.
Yes, sir. This edition of the Funky Editorial, we will discuss Phil Jackson's hiring by the New York Knicks. Uh, it was announced today, formal press conference. Um, Phil was his, his usual calm, collected, um, zen self, uh, dropped some knowledge on the press, answered some questions about the direction of the team, um, Carmelo's role in the future, the role he envisions himself playing, how can they overcome some of the obstacles that have impeded their progress over the past couple of years. Phil addressed it all in a very articulate and calm way. Um, now it's time for the real sports guys to weigh in. The Renegades will give you their opinion on this particular move, this particular next chapter in the story career of Phil Jackson, and also this chapter in the story uh, history of the New York Knicks franchise. I'm going to start with D. Wills. First off, D. Wills, uh, we kind of all gave some initial impressions of the the possibility of Phil going to the Knicks last week. Um, Very heated, very visceral. Um, I think we were all in agreement that it wasn't a smart move. As the week has passed, are you still in that space, or do you see the move differently? You know, I I just don't trust. You know, it's, it's hard to trust because Dolan is the key to this. Uh, and then the second part, you know, a lot of people people have been talking about, you know, Phil being present, and you know he's you know he's saying he's gonna he's gonna be present. Um, I, I, but I I still think that Dolan is the key to this, and whether or not he truly allows for Phil to have the autonomy that he that he uh, that he he deserves, and. You know, I don't know if you looked at that press conference, but it looked like the AARP was up in there. I know I'm getting up in age, but they they, they talked about they had every legend in New York uh, uh, up there. So they didn't have anybody last 15, 20 years. And so New York has got to overcome a lot. I, I just don't, you know, he's got to make some moves. Um, he's got to get lucky over the next couple of years. And the fact that he's 68 years old. So, it, you know, if he were like 64 and had a little rev up, you know, I think I, I was. He's got to have something happen here really strong in the next year or so. So, you know, and you know, Dolan hasn't proved proven to be that kind of owner. So I think that's the only thing I'm nervous about. You know, I think Phil's a smart guy. He's going to have good people around him. I just, I just don't know if New York is a, is a, as attractive as it probably was maybe 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, the Knicks. I mean, they've been down for a minute, um, and they had to bring out the luminaries, and all the luminaries are graybeards now. Um, it, it'll, it'll be interesting, you know. There, there's a there's a there's a very very lengthy track record of of ineptitude and incompetence this particular franchise, um, and I think that's what we all felt last week. Like, PhD, where are you at? Have you moved? Um, are you in a different space this week uh, from last week? and your reaction and your feel about uh, Phil Jackson joining the New York Knicks organization? I think it's a horrible move still. I do. It, and I was re- reading a piece by Peter Bote of the New York Daily News, a, a, a friend and, 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 and listener of the show. Um, <clears throat> he wrote an article that you can find on NewYorkDailyNews.com where he talks about Steve Mills, the guy who was calling the shots <laughs> before this past week, uh, the general manager and the president of basketball op- 
operations for the Knicks. To me, it's so dysfunctional that they kept this dude on. They kept this dude on. I mean, this guy is still going to be the GM, but now he reports to Phil Jackson. To me, that signals a couple of different things. It signals dysfunction that you you feel the need to keep somebody on who you demoted. That's unprecedented. You don't see that very often. I mean, you rarely <laughs> see that in, in sports. You rarely do. I mean, that's the equivalent of, okay, Mike Brown, the Lakers, we're going to bring in Phil. I'm, I mean, we're going to bring in Dan Tony, but we're going to keep Mike Brown on in some kind of capacity. You, you just typically don't do that, especially when you're going to keep the same title of a general manager. To me, that signals that Phil is kind of putting his big toe in the water, maybe his first three or four toes, but he's not dipping that whole heel in the water. He's not doing it. He's not doing it. So Phil's going to spend some time in L.A., some time in New York. They still need Steve Mills there. And to me that signals that they're getting Phil Jackson's name. They're getting his ideas. They're getting essentially what Golden State is getting with Jerry West right now. They're getting somebody to consult them, but he's coming in with the cachet because he wants the power. So I – I just do not see this thing ending well. I don't. I don't. And, and then this whole thing with Carmelo Anthony today, you know. <laughs> Carmelo, you know, if Phil needs me to do something, I'll do anything to win. Come on, man. You didn't play this whole way your whole career. It's, mm-hmm. This is just, this is not going to end well. Okay, okay. So two years from now, I'm going to just pose the question. Two years from now, where are the New York Knicks under Phil Jackson? THD, where they at? I think they're in the playoffs. They're in a better place. I think that Carmelo Anthony's no longer with them, and they're re- rebuilding with a stronger foundation. The problem with this, though, is two years will not be fast enough for Phil. And so I think by year two or three, you know, Phil will go into his, you know, uh, thornery mode, that, the same mode that didn't allow him to get, to get along with Jerry Krause, and all of a sudden the whole thing's going to get blown up again. Mm, mm, okay. Okay. So I, I'm, I, I see it a little bit different as far as where, where the Knicks are going. In this Phil Jackson situation, I I I I don't think it's the best move for Phil. Um, I think you have a meddling owner. Meddling people are gonna meddle. That's what they do. Like you, that's just what that's. Some people are who they are, man. You gotta you gotta accept that going in, and you gotta know that. Um, whatever Dolan says, take it with a grain of salt. But understand, he's gonna be who he is the minute he's unhappy with what he's seeing or what's going on. Um. I just don't think there are a lot of bullets to fire in this gun for Phil. Um, And what I mean by that is you got the Carmelo chip that's in play right now. But as you said, PAC, I don't think he's going to be there in the next two years. You know, if he's there after this year, you know, I'd be surprised. Um, Then you have guys coming off of the books. You got money coming off the books. But I don't see an angle. Um, I don't necessarily see an angle where they have an in on someone who's going to be a pending upcoming free agent. 
The other thing I don't see is really a plan of building through the draft. You know, a lot of people talked about how Oklahoma City built their team through the draft, and a lot of people poo-pooed that model saying it's, it's a gamble, it's too hard, it's too much luck involved, it's too much chance involved, and it's really difficult to build through the draft. But then when you look at the Heat model, that's really difficult as well. If you look at the steps the Heat had to take to secure LeBron, Bosch, and Wade, they had to basically gut their roster down to two guys, one of them being Dwayne Wade. That's really difficult to do. That's really difficult to coordinate. Um, and then landing guys, when you don't know what their priorities are, they have all the power as far as where they're going to go, where they want to go, who they want to play with, they have, who they want to play for and a coach. They have all the power. So that model is just as difficult, I think, to, to effectively execute. Um, but it seems that's the route the Knicks are going to have to go. And I just don't know. To, there's too much chance. And look how the, the Dwight Howard situation worked out for um, the Lakers. Look how the Chris Paul trade, the attempted Chris Paul trade, worked out for the Lakers. Um, when you try and, and, and do it through means of acquiring players you don't already control, it, it, there's a lot of variables that come into play as far as finding the right guys, those guys being available, those guys being available at a decent price. I mean, just look at the Knicks and how it worked out in trading for Carmelo. I mean, they gave away quite a few guys who are serviceable, quality NBA guys and have kept the different Nuggets afloat. Um, and, you know, the Nuggets are actually in a better position um, than the Knicks right now. You know, they, they had some years of success. They won 57 games last year. They're going into the lottery this year. They still have some young talent on the roster. They're going to pick up a, probably a top six or seven pick. And, you know, they'll add another young piece who could be a potential um, franchise kind of a player if this draft is what everybody is making it out to be. The Knicks aren't going to be in position to do that for quite some time. Um, they're going to be hoping, wishing, and praying that they can pick up a free agent somewhere along the line. And as smart as Phil is, Phil is a very smart guy. That was one thing that was great about listening to him talk today. It really reaffirmed the fact that you forget how intelligent this guy is and how uh, how introspective, how smart he is of a coach. But at the same time, he's not coaching. He's running the organization. And so he's not going to be as hands-on in the mix day-to-day with the players as he could be. He talked about taking Carmelo to the next level and how Carmelo still had another level. If he's not coaching, if he's not present on a daily basis, I don't think he can ensure that Carmelo's going to reach that level because there's so many buttons that you've got to push. And when he's the button pusher, when he's the head coach, and he can push the right buttons on a Kobe, on a Shaq, on a Jordan, on a Rodman, on a Pippen, on a Tony Kukoc, on a Lamar Odom, to get those guys to perform, it works but he's going to have somebody else pushing those buttons on a daily basis. One, is he going to trust that person to be able to push the buttons the way he would, he thinks the buttons need to be pushed? And then two, is that person actually going to be capable of pushing those buttons when you're talking about maximizing uh, a talent like Carmelo if he were to stay? So I think there's just so many variables with the situation. I don't think it was a good move for Phil. Um, I think, as you stated, PhD, the Knicks, are using the cachet of his name um, to further their brand, which is really all Dolan has been about. 
is building the brand and not necessarily building a, a winning basketball program or winning basketball organization. You know, the Knicks are the most valued team in the NBA, and they haven't won anything of significance in 40-some years. So, you know, I think there's a lot to be said for building a brand and making a lot of money off of it, but I don't see a winner in New York, um, not, not the Knicks, um, for a while. You know, maybe Brooklyn figures something out, but the Knicks won't be winning for a while. I don't know if Phil will be there when they do finally turn it around. This is a guy, owner, who's run out, you know, quality GMs. When you talk about Jerry Colangelo not wanting to take the job, turning the job down. When you talk about uh, Donnie Walsh leaving the job and running, going back to Indiana um, and help building the Pacers back up. And quality Larry people. Brown. Larry Brown. You know, the list goes on of folks who uh, have been in this situation and have walked away because it's just not a, a good situation as far as the basketball piece. What, what, what are your additional thoughts, D. Wills? Well, I mean, I think you hit it on. I, I think the only thing that could save him and keep him going is he, he gets, they get lucky in some talent evaluation and they find some, some players internationally, uh, repackage some folks, um, get lucky to get rid of a contract here or there. And, and a summit will depend also on what he does with the coaching position. And if he can find a way to get some momentum so that, you know, when they go into uh, the next free agency season and, and have the ability to maybe secure something when they're going to have more money coming off, off the books, then you might see him in a better position in three years. So part of it is, is he going to find his culture? You know, is that going to be – is he going to find that person who can pull these things together for him in a way that Pat Riley was able to do and move away? Um, I think those are the kind of things that might depend on it. Um, you know, the other thing is, the only other thing is, a lot of people bet against Phil. He's always found a way to get over the top. And so that's the only thing that's kind of saving grace is there's a lot of times that people are being critical of him and he's finding a way to turn it around. And – that's the, I think and, that's the one saving place. And I'm with but, you on that, but here's the thing. In those situations, the, the circumstances are very different. In those situations, Phil has – he had Bruce Leroy with him. He had, <laughs> he had the groove with the glow, whether it was Shaq, whether it was Kobe, whether it was Mike. He had Bruce Leroy mm-hmm. on his team, you know. Mm-hmm. He had Bruce Leroy in his shop, and he didn't have to acquire Bruce Leroy. Mm-hmm. And now he has to he has to find his Bruce Leroy, and that's that is what remains to be seen. You know, that's always been one of the kind of knocks when people want to take a, a knock at Phil is that he's never done it without one of the top two or three guys of their era on his team. And but 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 don't you think he got that red all back thing going for him right now? It's like you remember, you're like, how did Boston end up? You know, how did L.A. end up? Right, like, right. Gotta, but as you say, today he had that red all back look. Like I can see him smoking the cigar. You know, I, I, it's because it's like he knows something. 
Don't you feel like that? Like, he's not going to do something. I don't. I don't at all. Neither. And the reason is, 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 the reason is, is because it's like the whole situation with this missing airplane, right? There ain't a lot of evidence as to what happened to this airplane, but there isn't a lot of evidence that something crazy didn't happen with it either. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, 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 you just don't know. There's no evidence either way, and that's how I feel with uh, Phil Jackson. Is that yeah, he could be Red Arbach, but there's no evidence that says he is. He's never he's never picked guys. He's never developed guys. He's always gotten guys who have already shown what they can do, and he's pushed. Or he's been a great button pusher. He's been a guy who could take. He's a guy who comes in. I watched the show um, House of Lies with uh, Don Cheadle. He's a consultant. Yeah. Marty Khan comes on Showtime. That's what, yep. that's that's who that's who Phil is. He's Don. He's Marty Khan. He comes into a great business and makes it better. You know what I'm saying? He's not a guy who takes a a, a ground zero startup and builds it. He's not a builder. He's a guy who comes in if you and he tells you he he can push the right buttons on elite talent and take elite talent to another level. I don't know how he, how he is as identifying elite talent before it gets to that point, before it shows itself. I don't know if he's well, he's got Donnie Walsh's eye and he's gonna find a Paul George. Yeah, the the one saving grace is I mean it's a long time ago, but then he won the he won he was successful as CBA uh, uh, CBA coach, wasn't he? Yeah. I, I mean, I mean as far as you can as far as you can as far as you can take CBS CBA success, I mean like that's what I'm go ahead. I'm gonna leave this for all you CBA. Do you get him? Get him. Devon, explain yourself, please. The CBA? What, what, Come on, man. No, what, what, what I'm saying is, it, it, you know, hey, hold up. Now, you know, you know I grew up a Pistons fan, so I'm as critical of Phil as anyone. But, you know, the one thing I have to recognize, because he always gets that rap, yeah, you know, that he, he take, he's a front runner, right? Even, even when he got this job, you see the darts that uh, they're throwing at him. I mean, Larry Brown, and I'm not sure if he want to – Oh, I mean, they, without saying all this, I'm not sure if he want to work that hard for championships. That's basically what <laughs> saying about it. But, 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 but in, in their time, but, you know, I, I stumbled and I realized he also coached CBS. That's a long time ago. But I, I'm, I just, when you think about a front runner, you just don't put yourself in these situations. Maybe I'm just too naive. I just don't. It's like he knows something. Like he don't talk to somebody. Somehow he's going to end up with some kind of bamboozle deal and end up with someone. And I just I got a feeling like that because it just always falls this way. So that's the only reason I'm saying that. But y'all, I, I agree, y'all could be right. Maybe he just out, thinking he can outthink the room right now, and he's gonna realize it's a bad deal um, that he couldn't get out of because they gave him too much money. Y'all might be right, but I just I just feel like you know he, he done slipped some money in LeBron's pocket. And LeBron already winked at him. I don't know what it is, but I, I just Man, feel Phil, like he knows something. Phil is like a lot of these ex-athletes the Michael Jordans, I mean, the great ones, the elite ones, where if they could come back, they would. If if Jordan right now at 50 or 51, however old he is, if he could come back physically, he would. Because there's no other rush that you get other than being the dude, being the guy, being the best. You know, it's one thing to go into the bars, one thing to go back for homecoming, it's one thing, you know, to go to the arena, you know, and the fans love you and this, but that's fleeting. That's that's not like a 365-day thing. 
where you have an mm-hmm. ongoing activity that you are involved in, like Jordan was as an athlete. Well, guess what? As a coach, you can do that. You can come back because physically, as long as you can, you know, do the office work, you're fine. And that's what Phil did. I mean, Phil, man, Phil has been out of it a few seasons. My man is bored. My man wants that. I mean, I shouldn't say he's bored, but he, it's my opinion that he wants that, that drive and, and just that aura and, and that electricity that goes with building something, with being successful, with somebody being able to add another jewel to your crown on saying, on top of you winning more championships than anybody, ever as a coach, now you've also been an architect for something else beautiful. And I think that's what Phil wants, man. But it's like, it's like the chase. It's like the chase. And <laughs> you, can, you can compare the chase to whatever you want to compare it to, the chase for a job, the chase for a woman, whatever it is. Sometimes cats are more interested in that chase than actually winning. Yeah, and I think that's what Phil is caught up with. Phil is caught up with that chase of being wanted and having the circus, you know, having the Brett Favre, um, the cameras in your driveway for a couple of weeks, figuring out what you're going to do. Well, Phil's there now. Phil is unpacked, and now Phil's got to do the actual work. And that's the part I think a lot of people have questioned. I heard Larry Brown. <laughs> Larry Brown was just throwing darts. He was just throwing darts. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to Woodson. Like, uh, Woodson, the coach for the Knicks, is in his camp. I mean, he's a guy that, that he's brought up. So, you know, he's really concerned about why are Knicks, you know, doing all this, you know, and Woody's the coach and blah, blah, blah. But I tell you what, man, that's what a lot of these folks are concerned about. Does Phil really want to work? Does he really want to grind at this? And I don't think he does. I don't. Yeah. That that's and that's that's the thing that I think is uh is where we're at with the situation is that in order to effectively turn around this level of a mess again he's not walking in to the Pistons organization where there's some young talent on deck you got some pieces that you can move you got some chips that you can you know shuffle around you shuffle the deck a little bit and for you know you got a handful of spades you know that's not what this is. This is a situation where, as we say in, in the card game, in, in the game of space, your hand is bloody, right? You got nothing mm. but hearts and diamonds. <laughs> mm. You know, you got a lot of red on your hands, and you got to figure out how many books can you make. And if right. I'm calling this game, I'm looking, and I'm looking at my partner, I'm like, what you got? And, and they're going to look <laughs> back at me and like, what you got? And I'm like, I ain't got nothing. <laughs> and they're going to look at me like, you can't get one? <laughs> And no, nah, I can't get one. You know, I got the New York Knicks. You know, this isn't this isn't that kind of a situation. This isn't that kind of a situation where you can come in and it's a quick fix. This isn't. There are several teams that are, in my opinion, in better situations than the Knicks. The Knicks are probably in the worst space you can be as an NBA team. They're capped out. They're old. They don't have any young assets. And they don't have any draft picks. I mean, how much can it get any worse? You don't have any chips. All of their pieces that are valuable are on bad contracts um, that no one really is going to take on. I mean, if you look at today's NBA, 
nobody's trading for Tyson Chandler at twelve to ten million dollars a year right now. Right. You look at this year's trade deadline; it was extremely quiet. Nobody's trading for Amari Stoudemire's expiring contract. Nobody's going to trade for that. You know, because no one, because honestly, no one else is in as bad as a cap situation as the Knicks. The only people that would take on that deal is another Knicks. <laughs> like if the Knicks could trade with themselves, <laughs> then they would be all right. They would have a shot, but they can't. So who's taking on that deal? Because Amari doesn't have any value, not even to a contending team. Not even to a team that's in contention that already has a couple of guys in place that won't, just needs him to play a role. He's not healthy enough, and he's not a good defender. And we all know the best teams defend. Right. They just don't have any tips. I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. is a nice piece, but nobody's clamoring to get him off their get it, to snatch him up off their roster. Um, it's just what what do you got to work with? You know, you, you come into the kitchen and you got a can of a cream corn and a and a bag of dried pinto beans. What can you do with that? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, what are you I think there are two players. There are two players that can turn this around. Two players. First being LeBron James. The first being LeBron James. If Phil, if Phil can figure out a way to get LeBron to New York, and 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 I don't think it's likely, but the optimist in me says that it's a possibility. Mm. It's a possibility mm. because LeBron and his brand, and again, it's not a criticism. I mean that that is what we're dealing with, with athletes in 2014. And you know, if I was a professional athlete in two, 2014, my brand would also be very important to me. Being in New York could be a great, great thing for him outside of the basketball court. Chris Paul is another guy. I think that uh, in, in Game Changers, you have to refresh me with, with his contract. I don't know if he already re-upped or if he's going to have a chance to do it this summer or next. But, no, I think, he's um, already, I think he's already re-upped with, uh, with the Clips. All right, we'll scratch that because we already established that the, the Knicks don't have enough uh, assets to really – move for Paul, but LeBron. LeBron is the one person, and I guess this is true for every franchise, but he's the one guy that can tilt this. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, Superman can knock over buildings. That, that's right. But the thing about it is, and I guarantee you, LeBron got a new Bugatti, a new... A new something. As soon as Phil made it, as soon as Phil came to New York, his Pat Riley was like, "Nah, you and me, you and me, you and me." You know, it's like it's like at the players' ball. Keep your eyes low. Keep your eyes down. <laughs> Don't look at none of these other cats. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I, I you know, if Phil snatches him out from out from out from uh, uh, Pat Riley's state, but that's gonna be a coup for uh, that's gonna be a definite coup for uh, old, old Phil. For sure, but I don't know if he'll be able to to, to get him out from under, uh, get him out of uh, Riles' stable. Um, this the whole situation. I I just the Knicks. I'm not I'm not a fan of what they've done. I'm not a fan of where they're at. 
I just don't see any prospects for them turning around. Even with Phil Jackson, I think it's going to be very difficult for him to get this team in a space where they can compete and be successful um, in the league um, anytime soon. Um, you talk about a two-year turnaround. This is a job that's going to take a while because it's not a promising piece to build. Like the piece that you want to build around is not in tow. It's not on the roster yet. Carmelo's great, but Carmelo's gone. Carmelo's a superstar in his 30s um, who is looking to, is looking to make a, a big move next to He's looking at basically his last chance to maneuver into position for a championship. And, again, the way they're talking about developing this team, there's just too many variables. If I'm a guy of Carmelo's stature um, and I want to win a championship, they're dealing with too many variables for me to, to stick around. Can Phil figure something out? Can he possibly talk Carmelo? It's a stand. Um, if anybody's name carries more weight, um, I don't know who they are. Um, so yeah, there's a possibility. Will it happen? Ugh. I'm not. I'm not taking those odds. I'm not taking those odds of it happening. I'll, I'll bet against it happening, but I'm not taking the odds of it happening. So th- that's where I stand on it. I think we all kind of looking at this from the same spot. Phil's got an uphill battle to fight. Um, you know, not only does he have to fight the battle of constructing an actual team, he also has to fight the battle of a corrosive culture, um, which I think is a harder battle to fight because your uh, your adversary is invisible, um, but it's everywhere. So that that <laughs> that's yeah, that's a little Sun Tzu for you, Art of War. <laughs> I know, I know, I'll, I'll right <laughs> So you know. That 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 that's gonna be a a, a tough battle for Phil. We'll see how it plays out. Um, you know, we'll we'll wait and see crew. We think we know what we know, but you know, life teaches you lessons and tells you don't know Jack sometimes. But we'll, we'll we will look into that. We will, we will be following this, obviously, as the world will, the sports world at least. Uh you're listening to the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com. RSG Renegade Radio brought to you by Resistance Digital. Uh that was uh this week's edition of the Funky Editorial. We are about to start talking NCAA hoops. Uh, before we get into talking, we've got to plug the RSG Tourney Challenge. Make sure we've switched platforms, so you've got to check us out at realsportsguystourney.com to get signed up for the uh, Resistance Digital and Real Sports Guys Tournament Challenge. Larry dropped it on us with all the great prizes that he has in store for the top three finishers. So make sure you go to realsportsguystourney.com and get signed up for the RSG Resistance Digital Tournament Challenge. Now, fellas, turning our eyes to the NCAA tournament, I'm watching the uh, NC State Xavier game as we speak. And Xavier's got a cat on their roster, man. It's cat number 40. I think it's, I haven't called his name yet because I got the sound down. Dude looks like he broke out of a YMCA dual ball game. <laughs> just showed up with his favorite chest. This dude is about six nine, about two seventy five. He's got on two knee braces. He's got on goggles and a receding hairline. <laughs> there you go. This dude like, work. Right. This dude looks like he just got done grading papers. <laughs> <laughs> And came over in between classes to run a few. This dude does not look like a 22-year-old. 
historically, the the committee has done a good job of taking all these things into consideration. With Michigan State's roster, you know, with Payne being out, Appling being out, Dawson being out, and now they got all these guys back. They had an opportunity to show what they could do in the Big Ten tournament, and they only got a four seed. So I was a bit disappointed. I think without the injuries there, had Michigan State um, just had the season they had and lost in the second round of the tournament, they still would have been a four seed. So I just didn't see how the how the committee kind of figured all that in this year. Yeah, there was definitely some uh, – with Louisville being as hot as they were being a four, Michigan State was definitely one, in my opinion, that I felt like they may have gotten jobbed a bit. Um, I agree with you on both accounts. Uh, D, D. Wills, I want you to weigh in. Teams that you feel like were either underseeded or overseeded. You got any teams that you feel like were overseeded? Well, I was going to get the uh, just the, the, the snub really quick because I, 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 I was listening through, but I didn't think I didn't know if we heard uh, Green Bay at all. Um, mm-hmm. If you think mm-hmm. about uh, where they were, I think they were 56 in their RPI. They got a win over Virginia. Um, you know, um, you know, I, I think. Uh, they beat Tulsa, you know, so it's it's a team like that that I think that you had a feeling that the way that they were doing things this year, uh, maybe they should have uh, uh, gotten selected. Um, and I agree with everything about the SMU. Regardless, if you're ranked 25th in uh, AP poll, that there there should be – it should be very hard for you not um, to receive some type of um, – some type of uh, – Bit. I just, I just can't, you know, I, I just can't see why they, they, they would, they wouldn't get it if they're worthy enough to be 25th in the country in the AP poll. I think people who got some of this stuff about who got underseated is a lot about where people, you know, started turning things on turns towards the end of the season and getting healthier. Um, I think a lot of people, y'all mentioned a little bit, you know, Louisville has been strong down the stretch. Um, dangerous, um, you know. I think they're easily a top twelve team in the country, and you know, I, I think that you know, I, I felt they would be a, a, a three seed or a two seed, um, and and that kind of got me. That's kind of, kind of surprised that uh, they didn't get the kind of uh, look that they 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 should have uh, gotten. Um, I think that was for me a, a, a big surprise uh, for that. Um, I frankly um, was surprised at, at uh, the way in which they handled um, uh, Virginia. I mean, I think, even though I think Virginia, it's hard, I'm trying to get used to Virginia. Like uh, Bennett yeah. is interesting to me. You know, it, it's like it feels like a reincarnation of his dad. But I just, it's, <laughs> it's like it's, it's like Wisconsin East. Um, but they, 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 you know, they got all the credentials for being a number one seed. They just don't feel like one. But I got a feeling they're gonna go for a run. Um, so they kind of, it's kind of a weird mix. Kansas, you know, Kansas is like uh, my Denver, and we'll talk about it. I don't trust. There's teams I don't trust. We'll get into that. But you know, uh, Kansas folks will always raise stuff when they don't get a right ranking. But you know, I felt like they treated Kansas the right way. Um, I know they play a difficult schedule. Um, they're just a team that's hard for me to bet on. I, I know uh, Dr. Brett Woods is probably listening and hating the fact that I said that because uh, he uh, 
uh, he got his uh, uh, doctorate degree from Kansas and wants to say everything Jayhawks, and I just don't trust him. Uh, but, but Virginia, even though they're a number one seed, they just don't feel like a number one seed. Am I feeling funny with that? Like, they did everything. They deserve being a number one seed. They just don't feel like one. Now, I'm with you on that. They, they don't strike. When I hear people talk about them, they don't strike fear into my heart the way that uh, Florida does. You talk about yes. a one seed. It's like, ah, Florida's got it. Or, you know, Arizona to an extent. Or even a Wichita State. I mean, I've watched them play quite a few times over the last um, month or so. And that's a tough squad. That's a tough yeah. team. And Virginia's tough as well. I, I, it's just something about it, you know, that that just doesn't click for me. It just doesn't quite curl, as as, as my man said the entertainment once <laughs> said. It just didn't quite, just, yeah, it just doesn't. It just doesn't. Right. Um, another team I felt was, when we were talking about teams that were overseeded, um, Villanova. Uh, Villanova yeah. as a two. And then, again, when you look at Michigan State and Louisville as uh four seeds, and Villanova's a two. Um, to me, that, that's a difficult pill to swallow, um, just knowing that if, if, if on a neutral court, I think Michigan State, a healthy Michigan State, or a healthy uh, uh, a Louisville playing the way they're playing right now would clean Villanova's clock. Yeah. Um, so Villanova as a two I felt was a little bit high for them. Um, Another seed that I, I kind of was a bit of a head scratcher for me was Baylor as a six. Um, mm. Baylor's one of those schools and programs. Every year they're like they have a top ten recruiting class um, coming in, but yet they've done nothing of note um, mm. mm-hmm. as far as winning any games. They come in every year with a young group of high-flying, big-name freshmen, sophomore players, but they never advance anywhere. Um, and so this year, again, they were an up-and-down team. I, I don't know how they got a six seed. That, that's a bit that's a bit surprising to me um, as well. And I felt like they were, and I felt like a team like Kentucky was underseeded in my opinion. Um, Kentucky, with all the talent that they have, I think you know. A young team, takes them a while to gel, takes them a while to mesh. But, again, this was a team that at the beginning of the season was number one preseason. Um, so the talent is there, um, and they're playing better. They played Florida to the wire um, in the SEC tournament, um, and that's the one overall. That's the one seed overall, and they played them as tough as can be, and they're an eight. So I think the selection committee – um, they do the best that they can, and I think they usually do a decent job. Um, but I think they missed the boat on, on some some of the seeds, in particular with teams like Villanova. Villanova um, is it, they get my uh, Public Enemy Award. Don't trust them. Um, That's right. They get my PE Award for sure. Um, Villanova's on my list of don't trust them teams. Um, Duke is always Duke has a permanent spot on my don't trust them <laughs> list. That's right. <laughs> they're never they're never gonna be, get a reprieve um, just because I'm never trusting them again. Um, I tried that a couple years ago. It did not work out. 
Um, other teams that are on my don't trust them list, at least for this year's tournament, uh, Texas, don't trust them. North Carolina, don't trust them. Um, Cincinnati, don't trust them. Um, I don't know about you guys. Those are some teams that I'm staying away from um, on my brackets. Uh, PAZ, who are some teams that you are kind of gun shy about? <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. We got old Dennis well, to laugh. <laughs> well, well, my final eight. Uh, when you add up all the seeds for the eight teams in the oh. Elite Eight, they oh, add up to the forty. Ugh. They add up to forty. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> talk, talk, talk to me about your league. We're we, 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 we on our way. We Let's see if we can't count game. for you through this. We still got oh, two days. Let's see if we can't count for you through this. Oh, the flash screen is gone. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> let me ask you a question. So, uh, teams I can't trust. So, Syracuse. Syracuse is a, is, a, is a three seed right now. Stay away from them. I actually think Syracuse is losing the first round um, to a 14 Ooh. seed. Yep. Another team, another team that I'm advising against, um, San Diego State as a four seed. I, I think they are ripe for the picking against New, New Mexico State. Um, another first round shocker. Uh, yeah, Providence. I think Providence is going to beat South Carolina. I mean, uh, North Carolina. Um, yeah, I'll I'll stick with that. And I already said VCU. So the team, the teams that I think they're going to lose in the first round, VCU is a five seed, Syracuse is a three seed. Those are my headliners. Okay. All right. Okay. So you got our uh, you got our teams that you don't trust. All right, the PE specials, don't trust them. All right, now we, we let's all get into um, kind of let's, let's, we're going to hit a commercial real quick, and then I want to come, when we come back, let's get into our Elite Eight. Uh, we'll hit you with the dog of the week, and then let's get into our Elite Eight, um, our Final Fours and our championship games um, as we begin to keep this rolling. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, – Let's get to it. So I'm going to go ahead and get this uh, commercial going. <laughs> Do it. Give me a moment, fellas. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, go ahead and play it then. <laughs> oh, my. We're going to have to remix this one. Here we go. All right. Let it ride. Resistance Digital Solutions. Are you tired of running to the boys in blue? Are you done with listening to sales staff trying to upsell you technology that you don't need? We've all been there. So, what did the real sports guys do? We contacted Resistance Digital Solutions for all our technology needs. They are not there to meet sales quotas or make profit margins. They simply just want to sell you what you need at a fair price. From iPads to PCs to flat screens, TVs, or intricate home theater systems, they customize every solution based on your needs. Check out their website at www.resistancedigital.com or email them at sales at resistancedigital.com for your custom technology solutions today. 
All right. And so we're going to get into the dog of the week. The dog of the week is where the renegades will honor and recognize somebody who has had their dog meter turned all the way up. And what we mean by dog meter is this is a clutch performer. This is somebody who steps up in the face of adversity. They don't take no stuff. There's no backup in their game. There's no back down in their swag. So that's a dog. So we got to honor the dogs. I'm going to start with man D. Wills first. You know how it goes. We need more dogs. I'm going to get it. I, I, I was in uh, A-square over the weekend, and I, I just got to give it to the Spartans. Um, and a Ph.D. has been saying this for a, a while. He kind of been sticking in with it. But the way those cats played through the Big Ten tournament and the way they played against Michigan, they were on all cylinders. They kind of remind me of when uh, Louisville played in the Big East championship. It's kind of like something happened in the middle of that tournament run that just transformed them. Um, and uh, the Sparty is – they're looking like an old Sparty team when uh, uh, when they made their first championships run, when they just going to bang you and, and pain playing well. I, I just the, – the Spartans, it hurts me to say this, but they, they really look good. I got to give them love as the dog of the week as a team. Okay. So Michigan State Spartans, D-Wheels, dog of the week. Uh, PhD. We need more dogs. My dog of the week is John Elway for the Denver Broncos. My man is doing it big out in Denver. <laughs> he has upgraded six. Yes. Again, his team went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> he has upgraded six of his positions. He is. He is. He is doing. Wow, winning. He is winning. He is winning. <laughs> so, my man Elway. Phil Jackson, spend a weekend with John Elway to figure out how to make this transition. And, and before we go right, your right. game changer, I, I, can I just add something real quick in here? Absolutely, absolutely. Back to what to what the Jets did. When I thought about what they were doing, you remember when the Jets were making that run and they had Sanchez, and then they had a chance to get free agents, they got everybody on defense. Yeah. And what I loved about Elway is, he already realized his offense was strong, and then he put energy into the defense. And when I was thinking about that, I was just thinking about what would have happened to the Jets if they would have drafted every player was a defensive player, every phrasing was a defensive player, and they didn't <laughs> let the offensive guys go. I mean, just think about that. Most people don't think that way, but, I mean, Phil is pointing out something that you think most people have common sense on, but a lot of folks don't do it. I thought that, that's an excellent dog of the week, man. Yeah, and, and my dog of the week, um, in a similar vein, uh, is the New England Patriots. Um, picking up uh, Aqib Tlaib, picking up uh, Darrell Revis. Uh, I'm sorry, losing Aqib Tlaib, then replacing him with Darrell Revis. Um, and, and the moves that Belichick and the crew have made, they are trying to keep pace with uh, PAD's dog of the week, the Denver Broncos. Um, so there's a bit of an arms race going on right now in the uh, in the AFC, which I think will make for some interesting games come the fall. Um, as you know, Brady and, and Manning will face off um, again this regular season and, and probably into the playoffs. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Another guy I gave consideration for Dog of the Week was Ted Thompson, GM of the Green Bay Packers. Um, nothing like bolstering your own team's pass rush by going out and stealing your your rival's <laughs> best pass rusher and signing Julius Peppers. 
Um, yeah. So that that's 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 a blow. You know, that's, that's kind of a double impact move right there, um, where you beef up your squad by also hurting your opponent. So um, excellent, excellent pickup by Ted Thompson. Um, the the NFL free agency has been very interesting this year. Um, a lot of movement, a lot of big name players on the board. Um, Denver's made some great moves. Uh, I, I'm I'm right with you on that. Um, DAC uh, picking up Demarcus Ware, um, getting all the guys that they've gotten to come in there has just been big, especially boasting that defense. Um, you know, when you got Peyton Manning, you're right. You know, making sure that they take care of uh, they take care of the other side of the ball to make sure that, you know, Peyton's never really had a, 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 a top-tier defense. He's had some good defenses in Indianapolis, but he never had a, a top-tier uh, scare-you-out-your-shoes defense. Um, he's never played with that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out, how to get those guys to mesh together. They're veteran guys, too. So, you know, a guy like DeMarcus Ware should be hungry to win a playoff game. He's never done that in his career. Because uh, he played for the Cowboys, <laughs> um, <laughs> so that does it for this week of so the, the Resistance Digital Dog of the Week. We're gonna get into talking about the brackets and our brackets and our Final Fours and how we see this all playing out over the next two weeks, in particular this first weekend. Wow! Oh, can't wait, man! I'm geeked up. First weekend, yes. All right. So, uh, PhD, you kind of got us off talking about, you know, you gave us a little tease about your Elite Eight, saying that the the seeds added up to 40, and it got me counting mine. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm counting up mine right now. I got seven here. I got seven over here. That's probably the high side for me. So I'm at 14. Then I got, I'm at eight. And then I'm at three, so I got eleven and fourteen. I'm at twenty-five. Um, I'm at twenty-five out of eight teams. If you average that out, I'm at a little bit over three. Um, so three and a third, right there. Uh, <laughs> D. Wills, give me a number on your uh, your elite eight right now. My elite eight, if you can, if you got it in front of you. Yeah. I'll, let, right I'll let I'll let Devon add that up. Eight. I'll let that. I'll let Devon add that up, and I'll tell you, I'm at 45, actually. I I did the actual math, and so that's an average of Bruh. about six. Bruh. <laughs> Come on, bruh. <laughs> you at 45. Uh, Yikes. Yeah. Man. You still adding Devon? I think I'm at 29. <laughs> Devon over here carries three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I'm at 29. But you, you, but you, you, so what you're trying to tell me is game changer. It'll be me, you, LR, trying to hold it down. <laughs> somebody, somebody got that TV set. He, he got, he got yeah, slippery right. rocks in the finals. He got slippery rock in the finals. We in trouble. Oh, man. St. Leo. St. Mary's in the lead eight. We in trouble. Hey, Wow. <laughs> If he wins, he wins right. a billion dollars. Can I get a loan? Yeah, he's he, 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 he getting, getting that long money. He's getting that long money. He's going for that billion dollar money. Yeah, he's getting that big time money. He's not getting that that little that little that little piece of change. He's getting that big time money. So 
Let's just go ahead and get in, get into it. PAZ, break it down. Give us your elite eight and why you got him there, and how did you have him get there? Because I want to know what what what's the sequence of events that creates an elite eight <laughs> with a score of forty five. <laughs> I'm scared. So, so I'll start in Florida's region, uh, the South. I have Florida in the Elite Eight. I have Dayton as an 11th seed in the Elite Eight. I think uh, Dayton plays Ohio State in the first round. Anybody listening knows that Devin Oliver, a kid out of Kalamazoo Central, uh, the school I went to, plays at Dayton. He's probably their best player this year. Um, so I've I've followed this team quite a bit, and I don't think they're a great team um, to get to the Elite Eight, but I think that with Kansas going out early, I have Kansas losing um, to them in the Sweet 16, and Syracuse being out, I think that kind of pays the road. Um, I believe UCLA is going to lose in the first round, so that right there is your two, three, and four seed. Um Dayton has a tough matchup with Ohio State in the first round. And so so here's the skinny on Ohio State and Dayton. Dayton has been trying to schedule Ohio State for the last four or five years, and that motto just will not do it. And so, I mean, they went out on Twitter, they went out on Facebook, you know, pretty much calling out Ohio State the last couple of years. And so finally they get a shot at Ohio State, and I think they're going to make the best out of it. Um, Florida, I think the – the top half of that bracket, there's nobody that can hold their jock right now. I think that they're going to roll through Pittsburgh in the second round. Uh, that Sweet 16 matchup, I actually have Tulsa um, uh, meeting them in the Sweet 16. I think that would be a tough game with Danny Manning's squad, but I think they'll beat them to go to the Elite Eight. Moving down to the um, East bracket with Virginia as the one seed, and the Sweet Six or in the Elite Eight, I have Michigan State as a four seed and Providence as an 11 seed. Providence is playing tough ball. They have a kid by the name of Ladante Denton Hinton. I'm sorry, out of Lansing, that's playing at Providence. Kid is about six 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 seven. He gets almost double digit uh, rebounds a game, and he's really um, polished his offensive game. He's putting up about 17 or 18. Uh, they also have a really good point guard, too. I can't think of his name right now. They're playing well together. And to me, on the bottom half of that bracket, it was either St. Joe's or Providence I thought was going to make it. Um, I actually have that as a Sweet 16 matchup, 11 and 10, St. Joe's and Providence. Um, and the next bracket, Arizona in the West. You guys still over there? I mean, you guys hanging in there with me? We're, I'm, I'm, I'm digesting. I'm digesting, man. This is a this is a a, a, a lot of greasy food. I'm digesting. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was that was probably the nicest backhand compliment I've heard. Thanks. Um, in the West, in the West, where Arizona is the first seed, the top seed, I I predict them losing in the second round to Oklahoma State. And it really, it really irked me when I was watching all of the tournament specials Saturday night, and a, probably a third of the, um, 
uh, analysts had Ohio, uh, I'm sorry, Oklahoma State going to the Sweet 16. A couple of them actually have them going to the Final Four. So they're a sleeper, but like when you look at that talent, man, there's a kid, LeBron Nash. I had a chance to watching him a couple of years ago. He wears number two. He was a player of the year out of Texas. He's probably a junior now. And he doesn't get as much pub because Smart's there, but he is a heck of a player. He's going to be a tough matchup. And so um, I think him – think of Brandon Dawson at Michigan State and just how that kid can pretty much guard anybody, anybody on the court, runs the court well, um, excellent defensive player, and his offensive game is, is improving. Um, but certainly an NBA type of athlete. That's what you got in Nash. Um, the other team I have in the Elite Eight is Creighton in that West region. Creighton is going to get some help. Um, no, I'm sorry, wrong bracket. I think Creighton's going to beat Wisconsin in the Sweet 16. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I got Oklahoma right. State and Creighton in the Elite Eight there. And oh. the last region. Now, so Wichita State, uh, Midwest, when you asked what team got underseeded, I really should have said Wichita State. You may be thinking, Phil T., what are you smoking? What's going on? They're a number one seed. Man, they have the toughest freaking bracket ever created, yeah. man. I mean, yeah. for them to be a one yeah. seed, they got Louisville yeah. as their four seed, St. Louis is their fifth seed, Michigan is a two seed, and Duke is a three seed. I and think three is Kentucky's an eight. You know, Kentucky's right. an eight. And when you really look at a one seed, you want to look at who they put in an eight, nine game. Because that really tells you how hard you got it. Because that's the next round. And if you got to go against Kentucky with all the talent yep. that they got and all the dogs they got in the second round, like, they, come on, can we see them after the first weekend, please? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, man, they, yeah, I'm with you on that. Wichita State got jobbed. They did. And the, the committee is pretty much saying there's nothing that you could have done. <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> that you could have done. I mean, these cats played the schedule that they had. They won every game, and they still clearly got the worst number one seed. Clearly the worst. Yeah. I mean, you have three of the four teams that made the Final Four in their region, plus, you know, like you mentioned, you got Kentucky and a couple other schools here. So um, for those reasons, I think Wichita State is going to have a tough uh, go at it. I do have them going to the Sweet 16, but I believe that they lose to Louisville um, in the Sweet 16. I have Louisville and Michigan in the Elite Eight in that bracket. Mm. Okay. All right. So we we get a look at, at, at PhD's Elite Eight. Um, I have some areas where I agree with you. I'll, I'll talk about those. We can compare and contrast. I'm going to let D. Wills unveil his, um, and then I'll drop mine. So go ahead, D. Wills. You got the floor. Well, it's a lot uh, that we were listening to. Uh, I was, you know, I was wondering whether or not we just, just give away the TV right now. But he, he, he made some logic. He, he, I think he's <laughs> bringing me back in. We'll, we'll see how this all goes down. Um, uh, so, and this is a team I normally uh, nervous about, but I think he's going to pull it together uh, just because they, they got a lot of hype and a lot of people love them. Um, I got Florida in Elite Eight. Um, you know, I have them uh, beating Pittsburgh in the second round. Um, coming out of that other bracket, you know, I got VCU uh, uh, winning the first round. I got Tulsa 
over UCLA. Uh, then I have Tulsa facing Florida. I think it's going to be a great game. I, I think that Florida will over uh, uh, overcome it and, and get past Tulsa to get into the lead eight. Um, I got Dayton over Ohio State. You know, I, it's, I think Phil gave us a lot of good background, but, you know, sometimes these are cats who see each other on the playground or know each other, have some, you know, sense of who they are. Um, and I think all the rankings, everything go out the, out the door. And I just think Dayton is hungry. They're a tough team to play. I think they'll get there. I, I was going to pick Western Michigan over Syracuse, but I, I figured Bayheim going to got to win one game at least here in recent weeks. But then I think nope. that, 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 that Dayton um, will uh, – that's, that's a tough team. I think Dayton will overcome them um, and get into that next round. Uh, where um, and this is the, coming down here. This is the this, this is the area where I, I had some. This was to win or, or, or break this tournament. A, a team that I think didn't get enough respect, but I think it could be dangerous, is New Mexico. Um, and at first, I had New Mexico beating Kansas and facing Dayton. Um, and, and, and Kansas is like my my team. I don't trust normally. I just can't trust them. But for some reason, I'm going to trust them. A couple rounds, um, but I got them facing Florida, uh, working their way through, and then uh, uh, then uh, we'll be facing Florida in that in that, uh, in that elite eight. Um, and then going down, I got Virginia. I just think in the early rounds uh, they're going to play tough, um, and I, I got Virginia getting through that Sweet 16. Um, I got George Washington over Memphis. Uh, I got Harvard over Cincinnati facing Michigan State, uh, and then I got Michigan State. Um, uh, uh, making that run through the, to the Sweet 16 over Virginia and getting to the Elite Eight. Um, I agree with Providence. My guy, the coaches, I don't know, and I'm not going to say this, but the hair, I, I, what's going up with the hair, though? <laughs> 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 There's a story line you're not going to say it, but you said it. <laughs> I said it. I'll, I'll leave it alone. I will go on and do what I was supposed to do. Yeah, I've well, been great story with duty. this guy. And this guy has lost like 130, 140 pounds in like the last yes. year. It's a great story there. Yeah, so we will, we will, we will, uh, we will revisit that. But you know, bald is not a bad look for a lot of folks. But, you know, sometimes you got to go do it. But you know, we, 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 will, we will go back to that. Uh, Iowa State. Everybody loves Iowa State. Uh, I got them uh, making it through to the Sweet 16. Providence getting that victory, you know, keeping that run going. But I think Iowa State will will get them. Uh, a team that I like that I, I don't think uh, enough people get enough credit to that I think is going to be good is UConn. I think um, I think they got the guard play uh, with Napier uh, uh, and uh, was it Giffy or, or whatever to to get through. I think they got some guys who can play in space. Um, I, I think you know some teams kind of go down the stretch, but I think I like UConn. Um, uh, make it in here against uh, Iowa State and then UConn uh, facing uh, Michigan State in the lead eight. Um, Arizona. Arizona's another team I don't trust, uh, uh, historically. Since uh, when, Luke, when Luke was a coach, you know, other than the, the run they made with Miles and company, you know, Arizona would lose you a lot of something in a tournament. Um, and I think this year they go back to their old ways. Uh, they lose to Oklahoma State. Uh, I think Oklahoma State's a dangerous team. Um, I think they, they play tough. Uh, they get after you. Um, they had that little run, obviously, with Smart being – they had a losing streak, and he got, he got suspended. Uh, but I, I think 
they'll refocus. And this is a this is going to be a tough out. This team they got some players, um, and I think they they have a tough battle against Gonzaga, which is a great team. I think they somehow get past that, and I think they they're tough enough to to go up against an Arizona at this time in the season. And I I think that's one of those surprise wins on the number one. Uh, North Dakota State, we had them on. Um, uh, I think they, they get past. I think we got a 12-4 with San Diego State. I think North Dakota State beats Steve Fisher. I hate to say that, but they beat them. Uh, they face Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State uh, gets into that Elite Eight. Uh, and then I got uh, one of my sleeper teams here for a couple rounds is Nebraska. I think Nebraska upsets Creighton. Um, they got Petway. I think they upset Creighton. They face Wisconsin. One good old Big Ten uh, matchups. Uh, Wisconsin beats Nebraska to get it to Elite Eight against uh, Oklahoma State. Um, and then down at the bottom, I got. I think you know. At first, I was thinking you know everybody was like this woe is me with Wichita State. But in fact, I think this is the best thing that could happen to them. I think this is the best thing that could happen to them. They got a veteran team. They got this, these major barriers put out in front of them, and I think it's something that's enough to refocus them. I think this bracket, I think they would have been out earlier if they had gotten another uh, a type of bracket. But I think the fact that they see the way they've been seated in the way the other teams have, I actually think this is good for them. Um, I think they face the Kansas State. Uh, they beat them. Um, and then uh, they uh, play, uh, they, 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 they face Louisville, who I think will get it. I actually think St. Louis will lose in the first round. Um, in the, uh, and then uh, it'll be Wichita State against Louisville, um, and then Wichita State over Louisville, Wichita State gets that lead eight. Um, and then I think UMass loses to Iowa. Uh, it's Duke and Iowa. I, at first, I was going to have Iowa beat Duke. I got a feeling that Iowa – and Iowa and Duke can have some classic matchups in the tournament. Um, but um, I just think the big fella down low is going to be too much to do. He gets past uh, – they get past Duke. Um, and then the bottom, I think Texas plays Michigan. Michigan beats Texas, but Michigan loses to Duke. Um, part of it is I think that Duke just has a better inside game, and it's Duke against uh, Wichita State. So what I got? I got uh, – let me keep running this thing down here. I got Florida, Kansas, Michigan State, UConn, Oklahoma State, Wisconsin, Wichita State, and Duke. <laughs> Marcus said this, breathing hard, huh? Well, Marcus said this guy for Xavier, <laughs> he just finished grading papers. That was uh, that was that was very very funny. I'm I'm not watching the Xavier game. Uh, you can feel like you're yeah. in a wreck pad. Right, right. <laughs> you got to get up there going. So I, it sounds like I didn't disappoint anybody. Well, you did. You did quite a bit for me. Um, <laughs> Wichita State and Louisville. That that's going to be. Hmm. So so you like you like Wichita State in the Sweet Sixteen over Louisville, huh? Yeah. I, I think I think you know there's very few there's there's very few teams that can can match what I think Louisville's intensity. Um, and can go toe-to-toe with them on it. I think Wichita State, Michigan State uh, are the type of teams that can – that are just not going to be uh, 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 put
pushed up. I I, I think that um, uh, that Van Fleet can 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 go up against Russ Smith. I think that's a good balance there. I think they're gonna look at it as a challenge. They're gonna step up to it. It's gonna be a great game. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but mm-hmm. I just think Wichita State is is is, is deep and focused and. I think, you know, it's going to be a tight game, but I just think it's one of those games where it's going to come down last minute and they don't find a way to get past them. I like Western Michigan to win against Syracuse in the first round, even though Syracuse pretty much has a home game. They're playing in Buffalo, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I like I like Western Michigan. They've got a, a big kid. I think his name is Willington, Willingham. Mm-hmm. Um like six ten, he moves around well, man. He 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 can stroke it pretty good from the outside. The only problem mm-hmm. there is if he gets in the foul trouble, they don't have much depth behind him in terms of big guys. Um, they've mm-hmm. got a bevy of wing players that can bring it. Uh, I think that will be the biggest shock in the opening round. I guess it's the second round now of the tournament. Yeah, and I was I was debating on West uh, Western Michigan uh, early on and. Again, we got a couple of days. I mean, this is where I am right now, but I, I probably got to sit with it. But I was debating on the Western Michigan pick because I just – they're the kind of team that would upset a, a – I mean, it's like Bayheim's going back to his old days <laughs> where he, mm. he's another one that used to disappoint your bracket. Remember that? You know, before Carmelo yeah. – like before Carmelo, Bayheim would kill your bracket. His teams were always right. coming a lot of height, and they would go home early. And I feel like, you know – He's back to one of his old teams where I could I could see a Western Michigan who's just not going to be intimidated um, and will find a way to get back. I, I could see them, and I thought long and hard about about that as a as 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 a possibility uh, in terms of them getting past. But you know, I, I just I just figured they're going to figure out how to win something. <laughs> that was the only reason yeah. they got there. That's the only way it got me. Uh, that I figure out, they figure out how to get one game under the belt. We focus on it, but yeah, I, I would agree. I wouldn't be surprised if Western Michigan beat them. Game changer. What's your lead eight? I think he's he's, he's actually lost. shocked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's your final four, D. Wills? Well, I'll run to my final four, which is. This has been tough, man. I went back four or five times on this one, man. Uh, but I, I think I'm, I'm going down. And I, and I still don't feel good about it, but I'm going to go with it. Um, Florida, Michigan State, Wisconsin. And this goes with everything I said about Wisconsin. I felt like Bo can always get to the lead eight, but he doesn't want to play open enough to actually do the things to get over the top. But I got a feeling the way this thing is going to, uh, to, to unfold that I got a feeling that, you know, if it runs the way I said it's going to run, they'll get there. So they'll play Wichita State, and I think Wichita State will match them in intensity on defense, but they got more scoring power. I I feel like they'll be able to do more on the individual level in moments. Uh, It'll be a great game. Um, I just feel like uh, they'll they'll make a few more plays down the stretch uh, to get to the championship game. So – I think that's that's one of the things that I I, I think, but I, I got Wichita State, Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Florida. All right, let's uh, let's get the game changer back in to uh, give his elite eight before we uh, talk about your final four D. 
So, yeah, my Elite Eight. Um, let's start in the East region. Um, I got uh, I got Iowa State and Michigan State. Um, Iowa State that team uh, is a team I like a lot. Um, I got them getting past North Carolina Central and they beat North Carolina um, in the second round. Um, and then I got them going over UConn. Uh, UConn beat Villanova um, in the old matchup, of the, in the old Big East matchup. Uh, and then I got Iowa State beating UConn. Iowa State's a tough team. DeAndre Kane, Georges Yang, um, Melvin Edgem. They just got some guys who can put the ball in the bucket in a variety of ways, and that's what you need in the tournament. I think they're going to cause some matchup problems. Um, Hoiberg has got them uh, playing well. He's also running a lot of interesting stuff offensively that it's hard to scout, it's hard to plan for, and that's what you want to be going into the tournament. You don't want to be predictable. You want to have some things that teams have to spend a lot of time to prepare for, some concepts that teams are difficult for teams to prepare for. And I think Iowa State has that, has the making of a team that could definitely um, definitely make a run because they got a lot of guys who can get hot. And that's what you want. You don't want to be depending on one guy too much to carry you. Um, I got them going against Michigan State. Everything you guys said about Michigan State I completely agree with. They're playing like gangbusters right now. They're healthy. They probably have one of the most talented teams in the country when they're healthy, and they are healthy. Um, so I got Michigan State um, and Iowa State facing off in the East, in the Midwest. Um, you you hit it on the head, uh, PhD. When you said this 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 bracket is is one of the toughest brackets in recent memory. Um, this is a very very loaded bracket. When you talk about a hot Louisville, Duke with the firepower they have, Michigan who's been playing really well. Um, St. Louis is a very tough team. Um, Kentucky is a very talented team. Um, and then you got Wichita State. Um, I have uh, in my Elite Eight Duke and Louisville. Duke gets there by uh, beating Michigan. Um, and then I got Louisville beating Kentucky um, in a rivalry game. I think I got Kentucky knocking off Wichita State on the second day. Um, and, and then Louisville, yeah. Then I got Louisville and Duke going. In that reason, um, that's as far as I can go with Duke this year. And the only reason I'm going that far with Duke is because they have one of those guys. Um, there are a handful of guys in this tournament who can will a team to a victory. And Duke usually doesn't have these guys. They haven't had these guys. Uh, a guy like this, I would say, mm-hmm. since Jay Will, um, since mm-hmm. Jason Wood, a guy who could single-handedly mm-hmm. take over game and will them past and beyond. Uh, as far as they usually go. Usually they got a lot of jump shooters. Um, Jabari's a little different. Um, yeah, he likes it. Yeah, he can shoot it, but he can also take over. So I got them going a little bit further than I do um, usually, but there's a cap on There's There's always a ceiling with me and Duke. Um, there's a definitive <laughs> ceiling. Um, then we got uh, in the West, I got Arizona um, escaping two scares. Uh, I think Oklahoma State is going to scare the daylights out of them. Um, but I just couldn't trust Oklahoma State. There's a reason they underachieved, um, and I think I think a lot of it is is just the overall makeup of that crew. Um, I think they they got they remind me of the early '90s Portland Trailblazers without the rap sheets, the uh, Carmelo Denver Nuggets. <laughs> it's got a lot of guys that do boneheaded stuff in crunch time, um, and that's they're extremely talented. They're a lot like Kentucky. 
as talented as anybody in the tournament. Um, but I just don't know if they – with Kentucky, it's youth. With them, it's just knuckleheadedness. Um, and there's no cure for knuckleheadedness. Youth, you grow up. Knuckleheadedness is just – at this point, it's just with you. Um, and then they, they Arizona escaped San Diego State, which is an athletic team. And on Twitter last week, I made the comment that Steve Smith has to have a uh, – I'm sorry, Steve Fisher has to have a time machine, man. Because San Diego State always has, like, two or three brothers on it with long cornrows. It's like <laughs> Fisher only recruits dudes from 97. <laughs> like, like, he goes back to 1997 and picks up, like, three kids every year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on, man. Who's still wearing, who's still wearing long cornrows? Snoop calls him nephew. Right. Yeah, my nephew. Yeah. 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 We're still ran long cornrows. So Arizona escapes. They got a ton of talent. And they'll face off against Creighton. I got Creighton beating Wisconsin in the Sweet 16. Wisconsin's defensive issues are just an anomaly when you think about Bo Ryan, Wisconsin teams. And you don't want to have defensive issues when you're going against Dougie Fresh because um, he's going to light you up. Uh, so I, I, I think they're going to have a hard time with McDermott and that Creighton crew. And I, I think Creighton will pull that upset. Um, so I got Creighton in Arizona in the west. And then in the south, um, kind of went chalk here. I got Florida. I got Kansas. Florida gets there by beating VCU. Um, VCU is, is the press is real. Uh, the pressure is real. Havoc is real. Um, I think they're just not going to have enough firepower. Um, and, you know, it's it's – it's Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. Um, you know, you got the T. I'm not Han Solo, but uh, the other dude, um, Obi Wan. That's the guy. You get Luke Skywalker and Obi Wan. You got Florida as Obi Wan and VCU as Luke Skywalker. And Obi Wan, we all know, taught Luke how to use the Force, which is the press in this situation. And uh, Chaka Smart is a disciple of Billy Donovan. It's Billy Donovan's coaching tree. And he, he may get taught a little bit of lesson um, by a team that plays his style of game with better, bigger athletes. Um, we'll see how that works out, though. It could very well wind up being an upset, but I think Florida has the better, has more talent than VCU. VCU scrappy. VCU will fight, but I don't think they have the talent and the dogs to run with Florida. Um, and then below, I got Kansas knocking off Ohio State. Um, I think Ohio State does squeak by, squeak by Dayton. I think they uh, upset Syracuse um, or Western Michigan, whoever it may be. Uh, I, I agree with you guys. I think I wouldn't be surprised if Syracuse bowed out early. Um, this team just doesn't – they started off hot, but since they started losing, they just don't look like a squad. And we talked about this last week. I, I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. Um, this year it's just not a team that really strikes me as a team that I see going very far with the zone. I think if they run into a hot shooting team, it's a wrap. Um, so I got Ohio State knocking them off, and then Kansas taking down Ohio State. So my lead, I got Florida, Kansas, Arizona, Creighton, uh, Michigan State, Iowa State, Louisville, and Duke. So that's what I got. Thoughts? Or do we want to jump into the Final Four? We got about four well, minutes. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some key ones here. I mean, I think that, you know, um, 
you, you're blanking on Florida. You, you're banking on Florida, and, and, and Florida's had some runs where they didn't score very well, right? Didn't they? I mean, they, they're they're very athletic, but they have some things that I mean, Florida could upset a lot of people's sheets because people are feeling good about them. I'm feeling good about them a little ways here, but there's somebody who could disrupt it. Kansas is another one that people are banking on uh, that that might be able to do something. Um, and I think Michigan State, you know, I mean, we're, we're banking on Michigan State that that whammy's going to keep going. But you, you mentioned, like, Iowa State. It's interesting uh, uh, on a team like that. I just – there's something that feels like they're going to run into a wall. They're a kind of team that can go right to the Final Four. But for some reason it feels like they're a kind of team that's going to get hit before they get their legs under them. Um, but if they get a run, they're going to they're mess up a lot of people's sheets. So this is this is interesting. I'm, I'm not as down on PhD as I was when I first heard he, where he was going with it. <laughs> it's <a little> <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, I, I, I hear Slippery Rock in there. I hear Weber State. I didn't hear any of that. <laughs> well, well, let's talk Final Fours. Let's talk Final Fours. Everybody drops your Final Fours. PhD will start with you, and then we'll give general thoughts afterwards, and then we'll go into uh, – we'll save our championships for the next week. Um, and then we'll go into uh, PhD's final thought or the last word with PhD. So let's go uh, final four PhD. What you got? Who you got? Oklahoma State against the Michigan Wolverines. Mm. Mm. And Florida versus Michigan State. Okay. All right. I'm with you on two of those. I got Florida Florida and Michigan State, and then I got Arizona and Louisville. Uh, D. Wills, who you got? Florida, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Wichita State. Mm. Wow. Mm. So we're both we're, we're like all money. in on Florida. Like money. We're all in. Yeah, we're all in <laughs> on Florida, like Michigan money. State. Yeah. We're all in on Florida, Michigan State. So we'll unveil our title games. So you got our final fours. We'll unveil our title games uh next week on next week's show. Um before we finish out, we have a new segment, last words, when one of the renegades uh, gives you a final thought as we close out the show. This week's last word will be uh, PhDs. You listen to the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSG, Renegade Radio, brought to you by Resistance Digital Solutions. Make sure you check out our man, LR, Larry, one name, at resistancedigital.com. He'll hook you up. Make sure you get all your digital and tech needs met at a low, low price. Uh, check him out. He treats you like family. Cousin Larry, hit him up. All right, PhD. The floor is all yours for the last word. I have a shout out to the two-hour masterpiece that aired Sunday night on the Big East Conference. Mm. It was a thirty for thirty on ESPN. If you happen to miss it, set your DVR from your mobile device. As soon as you can, it it is playing five or ten times per day. Um, it was called a Royal King Queen for the Big East, and it was excellent. It was a uh, it was a two hour masterpiece that outlined the rise and fall of the Big East. Um, there was a lot of history there that I was not familiar with, and you know, growing up. All of us could probably say this. We grew up in the midst of the Big East. Uh, the Big East started in the, in 1980, I believe, 
And I remember those rivalries, especially in the mid to late 80s with Georgetown and Syracuse. Then in the 90s, you had UConn. But the thing that really brought, that, that really hit me really hard was the things that Dave Gavitt did, the creator of the um, Big East, are things that we are seeing now in terms of college football. Um, with the huge TV contracts, um, having power conferences. The Big East was out in front of this 30 years before we had all this mess, you know, with conference realignment due to football. Ironically, this is the same thing that brought the end of the Big East, um, which we're seeing this is the first season, you know, with no Syracuse and no UConn. So it was interesting. The last point I'll bring up is just the group of characters they had as coaches. You know, Bill Raffrey and P.J. Carlissimo at Seton Hall. You had Rowley, Massimino at Villanova. St. John's, you had Lou with his sweaters. Providence, you had a couple of guys there. Uh, Patino's the most notable. Syracuse, Bayheim, Georgetown, Big John Thompson. Um, UConn, Calhoun. It was just uh, a group of guys that were characters. I mean, you dialed in to watch great basketball players, but also these coaches had these rivalries against each other too. And it was just interesting to hear the backstories in regards to, you know, the sneaker. <laughs> they referred to them as sneakers back in the 80s. The sneaker contracts with Adidas and Nike. Uh, it, it, it was just interesting to hear how some of these things developed. So uh, the last word here is just a shout-out to the Big East Conference and that two-hour special. D-Wills, I'll let you wrap it up, man, and, and talk about what we got coming up again. Well, man, that was a great last word topic. And, uh, again, um, you know, if you haven't a chance, uh, go to realsportsguysturney.com and, and join the movement. We've got some great prizes. LR was out there. Um, and also, Sunday night, March 23rd, Four to seven Central Time Zone. First, real sports guys live. Uh, it's going to be uh, exciting time. It's going to be at on that rock, uh, on the rocks in uh, uh, Rockford, Illinois. Uh, check out uh, Facebook page. Check us out on Twitter. We'll be sending you a lot of information about it. Um, but we're excited about it, and thank you for being on the journey with us uh, through all this. And we're about to take you to the to the next level, y'all. Until next time.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.